Well, hey everyone, welcome to Tales of Recovery. This is Gris Alves, and today I'm so excited to have again as my guest, Lunita Velasquez. Welcome. Thank you for having me again. I'm yeah. so excited. Um, this t- podcast, we're going to talk about spirituality during COVID. And, you know, Lunita reached out. She's like, let's do a podcast. Let's talk about what do we talk about? What do we talk about? Spirituality during COVID. And it's just interesting that you're here because, I mean, okay, we're both yoga teachers. We practice yoga. We meditate. I've been to really amazing women's circles and events in your house. You've been in one of my moon circles. So we are allegedly <laughs> spiritual people, right? <laughs> allegedly, yeah. And it's been fucking really hard. Mm-hmm. So... We're just here to talk about like how you've been doing, how we've been doing, and just to normalize that this is kind of a difficult situation no matter what, but hopefully bring some practices and hope to whatever, you know. Okay, so tell me, how's your COVID spirituality? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's been all over the place. I mean, I, I feel that this this season of pandemic and social uprising and the political climate um it's like all of this was happening happening outside of me right and and the air felt dense and difficult and there was so much uncertainty my whole schedule changed from working or teaching six days out of the week uh, you know, commuting my kids back and forth to school, getting myself to work, getting myself to class, hosting circle, facilitating, doing so much that my nervous system didn't know how to rest, yeah. didn't know how to slow down. So that was sort of the first chunk of the, of the season. And then once I did slow down, once I did start to get quiet, I went into some deep shadow work Mm. and the message was this is this is the this is the awakening (laughs) this is the moment this is this is the work you know Uh, like you said we're allegedly spiritual and we teach and facilitate and we meditate and we practice and we you know try to eat well and do all the things right but that th- this has been the real work this mm-hmm. has been the spiritual path yeah this locked is... up with the family oh gosh <laughs> yeah i mean yes i mean in in every way it, it's 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 changed every single part of my life one of my teachers said to me oh well i mean your life got flipped upside down didn't it and when she said that i just got really quiet and i was like holy shit it did but i never like, i didn't stop and say that and I, I didn't acknowledge it to myself that everything is different now yeah and i think it's for i mean this is like a so when when you a lot of people oh i don't know how to meditate i don't want to meditate i, I can't sit still i can't sit still because well you don't want all this stuff to come up right you don't want to feel because if you sit still in meditation I mean, there's techniques and stuff, but for the most part, it's like, oh, I don't want to feel that. What is this? I want to move. I need to move. And I think it has been a collective sit, collective meditation for everyone not able to go out during COVID. I mean, now people are sort of going out, but mm-hmm. but it was intense for the first three, four mm-hmm. months, 
Um, I think it's still kind of intense, to be honest. I don't know how many months it's been. I lost track. Six. Six. Wonderful. Actually, I think today is the sixth month exactly. I think. I think it was around March fifteenth. Oh yeah. That the you know the the stay at home order was here official. in San Diego official where businesses started to close and so yeah six months half of a year in this. Yeah, you know, for me, like the first and plus, like you said, like my mom died in January, and I was so exhausted. I was still like working, teaching, you know, I wasn't doing, I wasn't really facilitating circles. I stopped that maybe six months before my mom passed I was like I need to just chill for now but um I'm number one I miss it but number two when this first started I thought yes I don't have to work I can just <laughs> lock myself in and rest right. and cook meals and I planted the garden and I was enjoying it until about week three <laughs> when the teenagers were like what the hell like we can't go anywhere and um you know and all the fear that was coming along and mm-hmm. I don't know what was scarier, watching conspiracy theories or Trump on the news. I know, yeah. So I was like, you know, I'm just not going to watch anything. I'm just going to go in and, and, you know, my dad moved in here um, right about that time. He was still at my mom's, at their house that they were renting when my mom died. And he was going to chill there probably till the summer. I mean, he knew we have his granny flat here, but he was like trying to play independent. <laughs> And then it was like, no. So it wasn't just the teenagers. It was my 85-year-old dad, my husband and I. The, now three dogs, because the other freaking dog, my mom's dad had to come. <laughs> I'm sorry, mama. But, you know, it's enough with two. I'll right. say that. We're taking care of her. But it was just so intense. And I think because of, like you said, the, the real work started to come up. Like mm-hmm. um, the grief. Mm-hmm. And not just because of my mom, but of everything, like, mm-hmm. you know, my son was in baseball and he was doing really good. And then no, no more baseball, no more friends. Um, Paula really wanted to go out and see her friends, you know, and it's like, well, I'm going to stick around because everybody, was, you know, the fear thing was your parents can get it and die. Right, and right, right. So it was really intense up until, I don't know, maybe two months ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, what have you been doing to... To help out during this dark season. <laughs> to, help my, to help myself yeah. stay sane. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, can, I can definitely empathize with the family dynamics. I've been quarantined with, quarantined with my parents, and my dad's 81 years old. So there was that fear the whole time. It's mm-hmm. still there, yeah. you know. And my children, of course. Um, I, I've been really having to practice what I teach, practice what I preach. <laughs> put myself in the seat of the student yeah. over and over again. And and it, that's the seat of the student part is okay. I, I will be a lifelong student. Uh, but in a new way, you know, after a season or a moment of shadow work, of really going into the deeper realms of myself, going into my deep psyche, uh, whenever I emerge from that, things shift. You know, it's like imagining my seat and my seat shifts. Mm -hmm. Maybe I need an extra cushion or something, you know, because I shift, I change uh, in ways that are perceptible and imperceptible. And it's almost like I get to know myself again, and my needs again. And right now, you know, I've been leaning into 
definitely a lot of time outside wherever I can get it uh, my running my yoga practice sweating the beach uh, a lot of swimming in the ocean mm-hmm. so grateful to live close to yeah. beaches I mean I'm I, I really felt a lot of compassion for folks who live in cities without nature yeah uh, one of my best friends is in San Francisco and it's been really hard in the cities you know yeah. to have this this I feel like everything's amplified there in, in the city's uh, urban pl- places, uh, not having all the nature, all the green. I've definitely been seeing my privilege in a big way. Yeah. Um, gratitude. Gratitude and kind of, it's like this equal part uh, compassion for myself of like, fuck, this is hard. Yeah. Everything's different. And then the other part of like the tough love of like Lunita, look at your privilege, look at the gift of family, of health, of seawater, of not having to worry if you're you're gonna feed your kids or not, of not worrying if you're, you know, gonna get shot while you're on a run. And like I'm not trying to get too heavy, but that's really where my, yeah, I think my strength has come from, is realizing okay my feet are firmly planted on the earth right now i'm okay my family's okay so who am i going to be in service to because i don't really have much to complain about yeah and i definitely see that the other part i also see though is that um sometimes even though you have everything or you you know we're privileged Mm -hmm. there's still that emotional for me, mm-hmm. right, that emotional part of, I mean, I can get up and, and fake it till I make it. Oh, thank you for my house. Thank you for my dad who's here. What a blessing. <laughs> my teenagers. Thank you, God. I have food. But also, like, a fly walks by and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, so I, I, I can immediately notice, okay, I need, I need some help. And what happened to me is, well, the yoga studio was closed. So the first, you know, three, four weeks I was doing my practice and then I jumped into offering meditation on IG, so that kind of kept me a little grounded. Mm-hmm. And then after we closed out my mom's house, it was like, eh, all right, enough. I mean, it had been like 45 days every day online. I'm like, I'm just going to go once a week, so I stopped that. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I started yoga, but didn't really finish. And so then I began to notice, like, prob- not until about, you know, two months later, that when I don't practice consecutively, I just, it's like my seat doesn't shift, like you said. Yeah. It just kind of disintegrates <laughs> and falls apart. <laughs> that, I think that's one of the ways that the uh, seats shift is sometimes they disintegrate. I love that. And I can, I can relate. I, I want to just be clear that though gratitude has helped me and being uh, fierce with myself helps me. I'm an Aries, I'm hot-blooded, I'm Mexican, I'm (laughs) hot-blooded. But there's definitely the peace around, well, that was actually my shadow work, was around, Mm. oh, Lunita, how cute. You don't know how to be vulnerable. Mm. You don't know how to be sad. You don't know how to just be depressed. Why can't you allow yourself to be that? Why do you have to fix it? Why can't you just be that? Why can't you grieve the fact that everything's different, that you can't sit with your friends, that you haven't gathered in circle, that, Mm. you know, a lot of your community has shifted, you know, 
everything that's going on right now politically and all of the social justice efforts in the community have revealed a lot about people. And so a lot has happened also in the dynamics in, in the community, which is a piece for me to grieve for sure. Um, so yeah, thank you for keeping it real and reminding me like it's not all flowers and sunshine. <laughs> and yeah, there's a lot of days where I'm just like, fuck it all, you know? <laughs> yeah, and the, the perspective, right? Because even with this social justice movement and um, like I meet once, I meet twice a month with the cohort of this meditation, two-year mindfulness and meditation training that I'm doing. And three of the people out of the eight that we meet, or I don't know how we are, I think maybe we're six or seven, they're black. And my mentor's black. Mm-hmm. And in one of the calls that I had with her on one-on-one, for some reason I mentioned like something about what being Mexican was but my family, even though we're Mexican, was under colonialism, thinking mm-hmm. that they were white, right? The whiter you are, más guarita, oh, y más bonita. Totally, totally. And I started to, at first, like, oh, well, let's support all the black people, Black Lives Matter, let's go, you know, and, and, and then I began to think, oh, shit, pues yo también, like, I've been under this, I don't know, just started to wake up because of so much time of not being able to do anything. Mm-hmm. To realize, and the reason I started to think about this is because I think I was talking to Mimi, and I said, yeah, I think I might do a podcast on Mexican racism. Mm. And so I was talking to Booker, and she was like, yeah, you're waking up to that. Like, she was so graceful about it. It wasn't, it wasn't, and what I'm trying to say is I'm not trying to say, oh, me too. No, no. Black Lives Matter, and it's fucking bullshit what's going on, and we need to change that, and I'm the collective consciousness and efforts that are going into that. Hopefully right. this is a movement that doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. But what I did get to sit in is my perhaps negation of my own. Because mm-hmm. I always thought, pues es que yo soy a white privileged Mexican, right. right? I mean, I went to college and I have my house and I kind of... But then it was like, no, man. I have so much grief thinking, Absolutely. pretending. Just like you said, why can't I allow myself to be sad? Why can't I allow myself to grieve? Like, I never allowed myself to think you're not, you're a minority. Yeah. But I am. Yep. Yeah, I went through that or recently, was, too. was, because I don't think I am anymore, but... <laughs> <laughs> totally, right? I mean, we're not right now. <laughs> we're both here together, yeah. but... Yep, that's a big part of it, is uh, the reclamation and having to, 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 you know, really look and see at the horrific racism of our yeah. own people in our yeah. own culture. Uh, you know, someone in my family made the comment of like... You're, wow, estás bien prieta. Like, you're, you're so brown. How are you so brown? And I'm just like, <laughs> things like that. Because yeah. I went to the beach. I'm trying to get brown, Dorks. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that any Hispanic can really understand yeah. is what's been robbed of us and in, in yeah. our own culture. And so I definitely completely agree with you that we have to support our black brothers and sisters and f- take a really firm stand against racial injustice and we don't stop until it's over right yeah but us personally in our own families in our own lineage in our own bloodline in our own histories have to really look and see what we've been through you know yeah especially those of us who are mexican and spanish and have both and have both. that you've been suppressing it because right i i felt 
honestly, I felt guilty saying, well, I'm a people of color. Because I thought, well, I'm taking advantage of somebody who's really a people of color. I'll just stand back and really, I'm not. And then I thought, why do I suppress it? Like, what am I thinking? I mean, this is, um, no mames. <laughs> I am a people of color, you know? Yeah. And, but I see like my grandparents, my parents, everybody's like, no, no, the more guarita, more guarita, you know? And I've been like, like I, I had one of these, we did a plant medicine uh, ceremony before my mom died. I don't know if I probably told you about this, but part of what I saw there was they robbed me of my ancestry. I was right. screaming like, like, what the hell? It's, oh, I've always known. I've always been like, let's go to the sweat lodge and so drawn to native practices. And my whole family was like, no, 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 Kiki, you know, we want to be like Hollywood and Victorian <laughs> shit. And it's like, fuck oh, you. Oh, God, yes. mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, very nice people, lots of right. fun and parties, but lots of drinking and avoiding and not getting deep. And yeah. I think natives get more deep and connected to the earth and to nature and Mother Earth. And like that gives me life. So when yeah, I was in this yes. journey, I was like, que me robaron? And part of that theft is me saying, yeah, man, I'm a people of color. Yep, I hear you. And I've been oppressed mm-hmm. and I've been negating the oppression this whole time. Yep, absolutely. Yes. Que cabrón, no? It's it's really a very interesting place to sort of be, like you say, a lighter skinned person of color. Yeah. That that's that's how I refer to myself. I will always move aside, and I will always center a black body over mine because I am a lighter yeah. skinned person of color. I have that privilege. Yeah. But I grew up as other i grew up and no one could say my name i grew up eating different food than my friends i grew up you know the 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 american girl dolls none of them quite looked like me right (laughs) they all had names like molly and my name was valeria my birth name and it's just like you know so i grew up bicultural bilingual Mm -hmm. and there was always this very interesting sort of uh, cognitive dissonance of like wait what am i who am i Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah, I, I hear you loud yeah. and clear on that. And I think that's, it's painful, like you said, what they've robbed, but it's also really juicy when we start to tap in and the ancestors start showing us and teaching us and saying like, no, no, you still got it, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> if you remember and you feel it, it's because it's yeah. there. And the, the, the interesting thing is, you know, I've been remembering and feeling it for so long and doing, you know, teaching and facilitating and having these really fun experiences and retreats and stuff. But now I feel like this sit, this spirituality during COVID has made me sit with all of the fear of speaking it out loud, of really stepping into what I am, because it's always been like, well, you know, I could be, maybe, well, yeah, like doubting, or is, I mean, am I going to be the craziest? And now it's like, no. <clears throat> this sitting with it has kind of like cracked something open. And, I mean, it's what today's September 15th. Yeah, but I mean, I've been crying for the, this is like the first, I think, three, four weeks that I haven't been bawling all day. You know, mm-hmm. like prior to that, it was just like what or, or not even crying, but like frustrated, depressed, angry, like what the hell's happening to my body? Um, yeah. I'm tired all the time. Like I'm eating well, but I don't have energy and mm-hmm. And then two days in, and I'm like, ah, I'm just going to have a donut and coffee. And then it's like, why did I do that? You know, like right. this whole time of 
um, just really feeling unstable. Right. Yeah. You know, and feeling a lot of pressure to take care of everybody. Yeah. My kids, the house, my dad. I mean, my husband's pretty stand-up. But still, there's still, in my mind, even though he doesn't need my help for anything, como mujer mexicana, I have it in my mind, like, well, I mean, did he eat? Did he not eat? And I'm like, why do you, what the hell? Why are you thinking like that? So even those patriarchal thoughts that I fight and speak against all the time, I've noticed in this COVID spirituality, in this time to sit with things and not be busy running and facilitating and going, mm-hmm. man, like some of those things are still deeply embedded in there. Like It's such an intelligent design, you know? <sighs> the patriarchy, capitalism, it's so intricate, insidious, intelligently designed and that's why it's everywhere everywhere i mean i look in the mirror sometimes and and the self-judgment is like oh shit that's the patriarchy inside my head it's constant um that's good awareness though i think i might have to start saying that when i look in the mirror yes it reminds me it reminds me who's benefiting i I think of golden you know Mm. who says this um our sister golden and like who's benefiting from my self-loathing um, I've heard her say that, and that really stayed with me. Um, and and to your point around the donuts and the coffee, I do feel that we are in a totally new paradigm of existing as human beings, as Americans, right? Yeah. Um, we're not the spoiled privilege. I mean, we are the spoiled privilege babies of America, right? But everyone else in the world is looking at us like, what the hell <laughs> is going on? You know what I mean? And so we get to look around and and sort of find ourselves in this in a new way. And I think that's where the spirituality piece is. It's like if you need a donut to feel grounded and alive for a second, I don't think that you should judge yourself about it. But there's a fine line because then it's like then you go into like the the territory of unhealthy coping mechanisms, right? Uh, that's Which why, I can tend to fall into right away. Right. So it's it's sort of checking in with like, yeah. what is the point of this, right? Yeah. What am I doing this for? Um, that's why I think I've adopted swimming in the sea a lot mm-hmm. because I felt that it was a healthy coping mechanism. I can also tend to go to the unhealthy or numbing out or tapping out or sort of disassociating from something traumatic. And the ocean has been this way of kind of bringing me home and... And in a way that I have to be here, I have to be super present uh, because it's grounding, it's nature and cleansing at the same time. And you have to keep an eye out for those little stingrays. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The stingray shuffle, you know, move your feet around. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That has been, so I I was also, I work in L.A. twice a week and every time I drive back, those were my only outings, really, to get a, I'd stop in the ocean Mm-hmm. And, you know, my dad's calling me, are you coming home? The kids are coming home. I'm like, no, I'm driving in traffic, which there wasn't even any tra- I just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I had to stop and get, you know, get barefoot and go all the way and just, I would just sit there at least an hour. Yep. And just, I just had to come home because oh, it was late. And But honestly, it was so grounding. Mm-hmm. And I would come home and tell my dad, you have to do grounding. We watch a documentary. And he's like, what? Well, and I don't know if all of who's here or listening know what grounding is, but mm. 
it's just like I think we forget that we're like seeds that were a tree that were a flower of the earth mm, right we yeah. are of the earth but somehow that same petrochemical challenge just makes you think that you're high above the earth right. and that you're somewhere else I'm not of this world but honestly we are mm-hmm. absolutely and the way to self-regulate to calm the body down is standing barefoot in the ocean yep. or in the dirt or swimming in the water or like you said eating a nice lovely donut or some warm soup mm-hmm. because it gets you into your body. Right, exactly. I mean, that's separate than the grounding, sorry. It, or kind it of. kind of felt connected, and I think the topic of self-regulation, I think, is really important. I think where we can kind of bring in for anyone listening as far as being yoga teachers and what we can offer to this conversation is self-regulation is, mm-hmm. is crucial um, around any moment of collective grief collective anxiety like you said fear there's a lot of fear there's a lot of uncertainty we don't know where we're going to be in another six months we just don't we just don't and what's helped me is you know when I get in my head and I have a busy mind I'll literally take my shoes off and walk outside on the warm cement in front of my house if I can't go to the ocean or go camping it's I just remind myself in this moment I'm okay in this Mm. moment I'm in my body and in this moment, I'm okay. It's like peeling it into a moment by moment sometimes because projecting out to next year, next month is, is feels really foggy. Who mm-hmm. knows what's going to happen? And so you're, this is, I think, a good time for you to tell us about your yoga nidra training because isn't that like being very into the body, mm-hmm. like scanning into the body? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm in the middle of a yoga nidra training, a teacher training. It's a practice that has been of foundational to my being well <laughs> over the past six months. Mm-hmm. I practice almost every day, uh, lately every day, thankfully. And it's a practice of staying in the body. Um, it's It's getting the self into a state of such deep relaxation that we go into the parasympathetic nervous system, we drop into sort of a more subconscious channel in the brain where we start to tap into universal consciousness, Mm -hmm. uh, the beyond, Mm -hmm. but not in a way that we're astral projecting out and tapping out of earth. No, in the body, experiencing in the body and, and slowly dropping in by sort of mapping the body with breath and with awareness going you know right shoulder to the right elbow you know kind of literally going point by point through the whole body until eventually we've dropped in you know eventually you're in a new space where deep nourishment deep repair can occur Mm. i come out of a yoga nidra and i'm and i feel like okay there i am Mm -hmm. there i am there i am and Uh, One of the things I learned over the weekend uh, was, uh, I think I I might be getting these figures wrong, but it's something like 20 minutes of yoga nidra equals four hours of sleep. Yeah. Because you drop into that deep space where where we heal ourselves. Because your body's resting and is able to get to work in healing. Exactly. And what I love about the practice is it's embodied. You're, you're not tapping out, you're not leaving, you're staying here in the safe, warm temple of the body and working there using the intelligence, the healer that yeah. we all are. Yeah. 
And that's so beautiful. I, I'm so excited to share this with with people because yeah. it it's changes the game. I, I really do think it's a practice for for now. Are you teaching that um online right now or I'm still <clears throat> in my studies. Okay. Um so I'll be done with the program at the end of the month and I think because I'll still be fairly new to it um, as, a, as a teacher, even though I've been practicing for a while, I'll be new as a teacher. And so I definitely like to offer by donation first as I start to kind of get my, my voice and mm-hmm. get a feel for it. And then I'll start to offer in a different way. But I think to start, I'll offer it by donation um, for sure. Okay. And I want to ask you, because I know you already teach Restorative yoga or yin yoga. Yes. How is that different than yoga nidra? That's a really good question. I don't think they're entirely different. I think they actually make a really beautiful combination. Um, so the asana of, of yin, you know, the postures, help to prepare for a yoga nidra. Okay. So essentially you can imagine that, it, you know, in, in my world, an ideal yoga practice is some gentle asana to sort of move energy, right? Mm-hmm. To kind of ground, to move energy, stretch the body, stretch the body, <laughs> mm-hmm. warm up the muscles, kind of get the heebie-jeebies out, right? <laughs> and then you prepare to drop into your yoga nidra, and then you take that yummy deep shavasana, right? So it's sort of like it, they they inform each other. I don't think they're necessarily separate. You could you could separate them, right? And they're beneficial on their own, but together, I think it's a beautiful, harmonious marriage and, and, <laughs> of, of these practices and the yoga nidra do you have to do it laying down because i i mean i for a long time that's all i did to fall asleep is yoga mm-hmm. nidra mm-hmm. but i mean i was laying down yeah or do you also do it sitting up actually um ideally you'd be in shavasana <laughs> okay okay so you'd be laying down um of course folks who might be pregnant or mm. um, have different other uh, access allies to work with mm-hmm. um different whatever um yeah. might benefit from seated Sitting. um but ideally we'd be laying down so we can really allow the body to rest yeah. um and yes a lot of people know yoga nidra as the meditation that they put on to sleep and that's great that's beautiful sleep is important but ideally uh you would practice and not fall asleep mm-hmm. you'd be in that space where the mind is not online, where you're not tracing thoughts, mm-hmm. but you're also not asleep. It's like this, this deep awareness mm-hmm. of, whew, it, it's, it's almost like a reprieve from the monkey mind, right? Mm-hmm. And, and really enjoying the yumminess of the body as it is. Mm-hmm. Exactly where you are, even if you've had the shittiest day, have had a migraine for two weeks, your boyfriend just broke up with you, whatever, you can escape. No, actually, I don't want to use that word. You can, well, yeah, I'll use it. You can escape to the sanctuary of yourself. Yeah. So yeah. you're not leaving yourself. And that piece is really important to me because for a while, a lot of the practices were helping me heal in some ways. Like they were repairing maybe my physical body. Mm-hmm. But I was also kind of tapping out. You know, it's like... Yeah. We have to be here for the healing. Mm-hmm. We have to be present for our healing. And that's why some practices that are trendy right now, where people pop out of their bodies and go to space. And it's like, that's fun. <laughs> but that's recreational spirituality. <laughs> you got to yeah. stay here. You yeah. got to stay here for the healing. Yeah. This is where my, my, my cousin, Karin, 
whose podcast is coming up soon too, or actually hers might be before this. I don't know, but she always tells me um, the real retreat is in the family. Like the real mm. spirituality is at home with the family, not on an astral trip, not on a retreat up in the mountains. No, aquí. Vamos a comer. Like this is where. So yeah, I think, I guess it's kind of like meditation or mindfulness. You know, you're aware of your ear, your eyelid, your nostril, your tongue. Using the body as the vehicle to drop in, which I think is really beautiful. Um, But I mean, we all have our practice. We just have to find it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, for me, what I've really realized this, um, this COVID spirituality thing is I'm used to hard yoga like core power core power core power right, right. and uh it did restorative you know now and then but i've been learning this past two months to be that it's okay to be slow right mm-hmm. that i don't it doesn't not count if it's not core power you know right. <laughs> and so i've been doing a lot more restorative or just breathing or calmer and it's taking me i've realized um quite a bit of awareness to not be so hard on myself, right? To be like, ¿sabes qué? Amore, my teacher tells me, be careful. Or, she shouldn't say be careful, but she's like, those 50-year-old joints, be nice to them. And I'm mm. like, fuck, man. Yes, it's okay. I have 50-year-old joints. I mean, I'm in, I'm in excellent shape. But if my what? joints not, maybe they don't feel like when I was 20 years old, I don't have to keep killing them in Ashtanga yoga because then I'm, then I'm not keeping up. You know, but my nervous system is so used to that. So it's taking me, you know, this collective sit, this collective COVID being the house thing to even awaken that part of my, really, mm-hmm. really? Well, you think your spirituality has to be a check of of um, things that you got done? Yep. Amazing core power, I sweat it That's all. capitalism. Ah, you feel me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, See? gosh. I See guess. how tricky and nasty it is? It's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. If, if we're not sweating, if we, we don't, you know, if we don't leave class, barely able to walk because we push so hard. I mean, there are merits to pushing the body. And I also love Ashtanga. Yeah. I love me a hot, intense vinyasa. I love being on my head. I love it. But that check mark mm-hmm. of am I doing it right? Yeah, or am enough. I, or am I doing enough? Mm-hmm. Where's my, you know, wh- how, how do we really value ourselves? Are we still yoginis if we don't have an Ashtanga practice anymore? Are we still spiritual if we don't feel like meditating? I mean, wh- who says? Yeah. I, I feel like, I mean, this might be a far out concept for some, but if we're here, we're spiritual. <laughs> this is yeah. the, the, the craziest trip. Yeah. That you could go on as a soul, yeah. I think, to be here on earth, especially right now. Mm-hmm. It is absolute madness, absolute madness. And so we're all in it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is yeah. this is it. At the same time, I feel, oh, it's always been madness. Right now, there's just yeah, a ton of internet, sure. and so you see more of it. <laughs> Very true. But um, trying to, to get back into the body in the softer, gentler way has been my growing edge during my spirituality of COVID, <laughs> you know? Like, calm the fuck down. It's it's good. Like, 
And the whole patriarchy thing of, but it was, I don't have my abs and I'm not cut. Yeah. And I was telling him, and I was like, Grace, who has abs right now? <laughs> Nobody does. Only the crazy people working out all day. But, and, and you know, kudos to all those that yeah, worked out right. and have abs. But why do I have to be, like you said, this capitalism standard of, oh my God, I'm not. All... And so that's been part of my growth and allowing these ideas to fall off and to walk around feeling comfortable in my body. Oh, wow, that's a huge one. Mm-hmm. I mean, me too. That's I, I used to kill myself running. I, I would run six miles and then take a one-hour, oh, like, God. level three vinyasa. <laughs> yeah, you know? None of my yeah. jeans fit anymore. None of those do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay. Yeah. I, it's almost like yeah. I, I... There's more of me. Mm. And wasn't that the fucking point? Yeah. Isn't that what I said I wanted? Mm-hmm. I wanted to be here more fully, and my body had to grow to house mm-hmm. all of all of me. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, that's really hard to wrap our heads around. And, and you know, we get it in both cultures. In Mexican culture, you gotta, Gosh. you know, your value. I mean, is based on being thin and beautiful, and and if you you know either and not too dark and not too dark. <laughs> God, I fail. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's. I was talking to my dad the other day about the standards of magazines in different times because I guess now they're trying to normalize a little bit bigger bodies and the media's Mm -hmm. changing. And but you know, in the twenties, the thirties, okay, modelos así de flaquita. I mean, the models, whatever you were seeing, were not like that. The old statues of the goddesses are all like flapshes. And like big bellies and their legs wide open. And I'm like, yeah, that's the feminine and that I want. And, and <laughs> exactly. And, and not to say that a thin body isn't feminine. Of I course, mean, of course. But I hear you, you know. But we, feminine, we, the way I learned it was con las piernas cerradas. Close your legs. Claro. Sit yes. up straight. Sit sexy. Mm-hmm. Like Hollywood feminine. Instead of like earth power feminine. That's exactly, kind of what I wanted exactly. to say. Exactly. And, and I hear you. Absolutely. And. You know, and right now I feel like that. I, mm. I will say that I feel this yummy femininity. Fe- mm-hmm. I can't say that word. Sorry. I'm femininity. Fem- there you go. Thank you. I can have femininity. <laughs> like sensuality, right? I feel this a mm. sensuality in my body that I've never felt. Mm-hmm. So even though, That's you know, so cool. my size two jeans don't fit anymore. Oh, I know. I That's just giving me feel, anxiety size two. <laughs> I feel sensual in a way that I've never felt. I feel yeah. embodied in a way that I've never felt. And of course, I still have my moments where I'm like, damn, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, by the way, I am 5'8", so size 2 never, never would fit. I'm 5'8", too. You wore size 2 jeans? <laughs> Dang, girl. I, I was obsessed with oh. a certain level of thinness, yeah. you know? Um, and so... I mean, I wasn't always a size two, but there was yeah. definitely a size two moment <laughs> in my life, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, isn't it interesting how we find that, like, oh, I, I used to fit in a size two, or my mom would say, I used to fit in this, like, that was some trophy. Right, this is where all absolutely. these messages are coming from, like, yep. eat well, feel good, exactly. take care of your body. And feel that sexiness in yes. your body. Because that that's 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 our life force. Mm-hmm. I don't feel sexy and sensual because someone's telling me I am. I feel it because it's it's life. It's yeah. pura vida. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that goddess dancing image. Mm-hmm. 
and again, I, I'm not mastered. I have not mastered this. There's still moments that I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't eat that cookie because, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot yeah. of junk in the trunk. But then I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Food isn't a prize. What's wrong with you? So, yeah, yeah I mean, we, we have to work through so much, right? I know, man. So much. Even now that you're mentioning the sensuality thing, it's taken me so long to feel. I've had my moments here and there, but even now in this COVID hit, because... Okay, also, I'm, you know, I was like, okay, I need to, I, I signed up for 300 yoga teacher training and this other meditation mm-hmm. practice, and I'm, you know, I'm in, I have a more mentoring me and taking yoga, and I'm doing, I'm doing whatever it takes, and online classes and this and that. <clears throat> and it's been, like, interesting to notice mm-hmm. the difficulty for me as a woman to feel like the sensuality is something that is not from the outside. Exactly. Right? And so I would, you know, in meditating and moving the energy and kundalini, it's like, woo, what's that? It's like, for right, man, right. what the hell? I got <laughs> but even discovering that we hold that inside of us, and I think a lot of the women that listen here are Mexican. And mm. even if you're not Mexican, if you're my age, you'll probably repress quite a bit. Or ideas of it mm-hmm. not being, you know, something that is part of love and part of your human right who yes. you are essentially it, it's who we are essentially mm-hmm. is this these yummy delicious creatures yeah. i mean really truly we are and, yeah. and that's sexual beings sexual sex on legs sasha co- calls us sasha yes. correct <laughs> and sex isn't just with a partner sex is yeah. like flowers tea yeah. food laying on the earth Enjoying. breath breath Mm-hmm. I mean, putting like oil on after a shower. I mean, all of that, that's sex. Like, yeah. I want to get to a point where I'm having sex all the time yeah. with yeah. just a moment to moment. Yeah. Have you heard of Sasha Cobra? Have you listened to her? No. Oh, she says that. She's like, you should see me doing the dishes. Like, oh. <sighs> <laughs> yes. These dishes. You know, goals. like watering the garden. Goals. Yeah, goals, dude. Goals, that chick goals, is gold. Goals. But yeah, like outside in the garden, like mm. touching the earth and be like, oh yeah, mm. that is very sexy for sure. <laughs> These vegetables and they're all having sex, and the uterus yeah. are the ones that are coming, you know, the mm-hmm. fruit, <laughs> the orgies in the garden, so many. <laughs> I love how this conversation is going. It's going all over. It's, this is what's happening in COVID spirituality. Right, right. <laughs> sex. I hope so. By ourselves. <laughs> I Everywhere, so. all the time. I hope Washing so. I wish that yes. for everyone. I Me do. Too. I honestly do. I think we don't enjoy our bodies enough. Mm-mm. You know, no. we hide, we try to mutilate them. And yeah. and, and sometimes our bodies aren't working properly. Sometimes True. we're sick. Sometimes we feel shitty. Sometimes we have these things attack us, right? But there's still a space somewhere where we can be okay. And, and going back to Yoga Nidra, that's that's... I think what this practice can give is no matter where you are, no matter how much or how little pain there is in the body or in the heart or in the mind, there's a space that we can go and just be yeah. and receive healing and receive harmony and and that really deep sense of peace, the peace that doesn't come from anyone other than just that sort of like that heart chakra resonance, yeah. like that like om that lives inside of mm-hmm. us, you know? Yeah. Yeah, to be able to get to that is really, <clears throat> I mean, it's every every yoga class. Practice. There we it's go. It's a practice, right? Where did I just go? I'm yeah. right here, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. It's one of the 
I mean, to me, the most fabulous practice. So. There's lots of them, but honestly, I recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> it is. A There's slow yoga. Oh, the other thing capitalism does is scare you from yoga because you think it has to be a specific way with your leg up over your head. Yeah. It's really just mindful movement. Mm -hmm. Getting in one breath, inhale, open your arm, open mm -hmm. your arms, and then exhale, lower them down, and it just awareness of our body because we're going, especially during these COVID times. Our, our systems have been going so fast, so fast, right. so fast, so fast for so long. And even at home, people are like, well, I'm going to redecorate. I'm going to start a Absolutely, new project. I'm going to do yes. this. I'm going to do that. It's like, well, well, yeah. But I mean, you know, like, why, why, can't we, why can't we rest? Yep. One of my dear, dear sisters, a Greek goddess, if you're listening, you know, it's you, mm -hmm. um, is... Like I'm, I'm like I mentioned, I'm an Aries. I'm very high, and I don't want to say high strong. I used to be high strong. I'd say I'm just very busy, right? I, ha I have to be busy to feel kind of in control of my mm. life or, or, mm -hmm. or whatever. And and she's like, when are you gonna slow down? Like the other day, she's <laughs> like, can you can you take a nap? And I'm like, yeah. After I finish this run, and she's like, I can't with you. It was like 85 degrees. <laughs> Right? And I'm running. And she's like, are you, like, what is wrong with you? Can you please just be? And this is coming from a meditation teacher. Disclaimer. Most teachers teach what they need most. Oh, yeah. Right? For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, any workshop, anything I do, I'm like, oh, this is hitting the spot. Exactly. <laughs> it's because I need this. So I'm uh, going to offer this because it's yeah. so needed, right? Yeah, and I think, <laughs> let's see, maybe... Well, I started doing, to continue the spirituality thing, uh, well, the grief people from hospice after my mom died called, and they're like, yeah, by the way, you have this service for the rest of the year, like 13 months for free. And it's part of the hospice, mm -hmm. and do you want to meet? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll talk to you, well, <laughs> you know? And um, talking to her, well, it kind of validated, like, well, you, you, you can just rest, you don't need to keep going, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, great. And then, and I'm getting to embodiment. Okay, so this mm. is, and so, and then I talked to her again, like a week later and processed and this and that, and it was okay. It was good. It was good. Um, but it was all up in my head. Right. Right. And well, my dad doesn't want to call the therapist and I don't know if my brothers and sisters, but people need it. And here I am thinking. So I was venting like my, my, really my, the burden I feel of taking care of everybody now. I mean. Right. I am the matriarch now. My wow. mama's gone. Mm -hmm. You're the oldest of your I'm siblings? I'm the oldest. Oh, wow. You know? And so... That's a vibe, dude. Yeah, dude. That's it is. a vibe. And I'm like, I'm now like, and say, wow, like, this is dope. But, you know, three months ago, I was like, no, mama, this is so hard. Which mm -hmm. it is. It's a lot of responsibility. But speaking to the grief, she was nice. You know, she's good. We check in once in a while. And she does validate a lot of what's happening but then for for this spirituality during COVID, I was like, okay, this isn't, I need more. So I did a couple of somatic experience sessions with one of my oh, dear yeah. friends, Kate. Mm -hmm. And she's just, I mean, she gets you in the body to slow. You're about to stop. But it's okay. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, stop, mm -hmm. feel, sense. And of course, you know, I fought that. I fought that. I'm like, but wait, I need to tell you all the problems. And she would be like. Okay, look at the grass. Like, where are you right now? Like, feel your feet. And I was, so it was so hard for me to get it. Like, I'm not embodying this grief. 
Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about it, complaining about it, running around. And so after a couple of sessions with her, um, we were like, let's just go do a medicine journey. My friend who's a teacher, Shaman, she's like, you guys want to come? I'm like, oh, my God, but it's COVID. But yeah, let's go. <laughs> you know, who cares? <laughs> and I cannot tell you. I mean, you get very embodied when you're on plant medicine. Yeah, no you can also fly it, but it's yep. but it's very much, to me, that's my practice. I show up there and I'm like, I'm going to feel. Mm. And I felt every ounce of grief and sorrow. And I mm. cried for two hours straight bawling. Bawling like you could literally squeeze the, my husband's sweatshirt because I was just on his shoulder just like crying and crying and crying. Not just about my mom's death but like seeing and seeing my dad he's 85 and all i could think for the first three months was you're next i can't handle this right and then you know like um lots of other memories just everything started coming up and it was such a release of embodiment because my body needed to alchemize that shit absolutely that's powerful i mean yeah and parting from that like every other practice I started to do it, I was like more allowing myself. So now I've been crying and feeling mm. and and just it's okay yeah. to be sad. It's normalizing Absolutely. hard sh- being life being hard. Hard feelings. Mm-hmm. Not Difficult having it emotions. together, being messy. Yes. That's really powerful. And I read something recently that I think it was in my Yoga Nidra manual, actually. <laughs> um, something about Thinking about our feelings and talking about our feelings is not the same as feeling our feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why the yoga nidra is so powerful. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how do you run yoga nidra, but I'm comparing it to how I would do like trauma informed mindfulness. Like, what does this emotion feel like in your body? Mm-hmm. Yep. There's not a lot of so when you're practicing, you're not really talking, mm-hmm. but the teacher's guiding you. Mm-hmm. So the teacher could say, you know, sort of map something out for you or invite feel, you to feel feelings. So I guess it depends. I mean, you can definitely approach it in different ways. Yeah. Um, but there's something, you know, it's almost like we have our toolkit, right? Like you have yoga, but then you also have your medicine journeys and True. all these things. And <clears throat> there is that time and place for that. And that's one of the things I miss is sitting in circle and just oh, crying. Yes. Or, or, or going to, you know, grief dance with Golden and just mm-hmm. shaking and roaring. and be, yeah. I mean, that's one of the most visceral Embodies. and cathartic experiences for me of, of, of unloading everything. Because the thing with being a strong woman, right, that I think you might be able to relate is like we can handle a lot. But then we have all this shit stored inside of us <laughs> that we don't. And then we wonder why we freak out about a fly. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or we're grumpy with our family because yeah. there's like this this need to offload and discharge all of this stuff that we're processing that we don't even know we're processing. Mm-hmm. It's like processing in like a like another channel that we're not paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And then we're tired and we wonder why or we're grumpy and we wonder why it's like. There's just so much to tend to, right? Yeah, all the time. All the time. I know, which is... <clears throat> I My mantra has been, everything is sacred. 
everything, mm-hmm. right? Even when I'm fucking up or being loud or just not, you know, in the flow, <clears throat> which is like eighty percent of the time. But but when I when I get in the flow, it's like oh, it is everything is sacred. It's Even so this time here and just um, connecting with other people. Even if it's on Instagram for now, or Zoom, you know, if you can go to the park and just okay, sit six feet apart. But I mean, I think we need to tune it down a little bit on the fear. Mm. I'm not saying be dumb and go make out with people you don't know, but you know, like um, connections important. Yes, and and I and I can agree with you. I, I definitely believe that there's a lot of. I don't think anyone's completely clear on this disease, right? Or this pandemic or COVID, right? But I do feel that, and we do have like a social responsibility to be careful. However, it is just as imperative, I think, to also be in connection with others. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. I spoke to someone who said that they hadn't hugged someone in four months. Oh, wow. How is that okay? Yeah. I hear that this disease is deadly absolutely i don't take it lightly Uh, some friends agree some disagree whatever Mm -hmm. all i know is that just as it is important to protect ourselves and drink water and sleep touch and community safe Mm -hmm. you know i i yeah there's there's more anxiety um depression lots of like intense depression and suicidal mm-hmm. thoughts um and i think a lot of it, i mean you know the statistics i was reading a report recently or watching um a video on that and it's and it's intense because it is a lot of the i mean the teens man these kids yeah, they, right. they took out their their school their friends their peers where they go to hang out you it's know, a the lot sports teams the, mm-hmm. the traveling that people had planned yep. and no more traveling and mm-hmm. um and yeah, okay, well, traveling is a privilege. You can still, but but the main thing is this isolation is, yes. what's worse, isolation or? I hear that. And I think a lot of people <laughs> could argue both. And, and I think yeah. it's fair. I, I think it's fair to argue both that isolation can kill us too. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, there's a lot of statistics to prove that point, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I hear you about the kids. My my daughters are nine and ten and used to complain about school and now they're dying to go to school and see their friends and run around the playground and yeah. I mean it, it it yeah that's basically it's, what you learn in school is right socialism. I mean that's really what it is and mm-hmm. so I guess we just have to press into the uncertainty yeah. and <clears throat> find a new way of being yeah uh, you know that this the, I don't think it's about trying to it's I cling to like how it was and try to oh let's let the new normal that's bullshit yeah this is not a new normal what we used to have wasn't normal yeah. it was normalized mm-hmm. but it was not normal yeah. or good or or sustainable yeah. it didn't support all of us right if it doesn't yeah. support all of us then it has to go mm-hmm. and so now it's like we're repaving and what is what is what are we bringing in what is it going to be what do we want it to look like? And what's important, right? Like exactly, a lot of the things. Exactly. That, I mean, even a couple of months ago, I told my husband, let's just sell the house and buy a piece of land somewhere in Dosota and just live in the land. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to live in the concrete, you know, like. Right. Um, so, yeah, so many things that you, that allegedly were normal. Like you said, it's like it's not. 
mm-hmm. so much waste, so many activities and events and everything. And I had tried to slow it down consciously several years ago, many years ago. I'm like, my kids are going to public school, and I'm not going to be in any freaking sports club mm-hmm. team. And no, I can't. I mean, I tried, believe me. I was right. like PTA, man, for like until about the fifth grade. Then I was like, yeah. Every year they re-elected me because, of course, <laughs> I'm working for free and creating all these, you know, right. projects and events and, and you know, met some good friends. But it was like, why? Right. Que hueva. Que hueva. Que hueva. Sí. Know everybody to the public school. We can walk there. Oh, now we know all the neighborhood kids. Right. It's a different <laughs> it's so energy different. for sure. Yeah. You know, the kids will still graduate if they're going to graduate. and If they're going to graduate. You know, they're not because they they're not going to graduate because they didn't go to the private school. Right. I mean, and, you know, all of my friends at work, they all went to public school and and mm-hmm. went to college. And I'm like, see, sí. I mean, no es, pero no es manda. Mm-hmm. But that's part of the idea. Like, no, the more you do, the more your kids, if they play 50 instruments and play soccer right. in LA and dance, you know. Yeah, then they'll flips, make it, then they'll make it, mm-hmm. right? Then they'll have all these things to write about for college. That, it can be good if that's what the kid wants. Right. But that we impose it on them and that the culture imposes so much freaking stress. That's capitalism Get too. Them. See how it's just everywhere. It's everywhere. Know? It's everywhere and everything. And, and so now we get to sort of, pull the threads apart and say yeah. okay this one goes to the compost and this one goes yeah. to the new design and mm-hmm. i mean it's yeah. gonna be messy <laughs> yeah it's yeah. gonna be messy and and uh, it might be messy for a while and so we need each other mm-hmm. isolation is scary yeah i'm so glad you we connected and we're like, let's do a podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we're going to do one in Spanish for whoever. Yeah, that'd <clears> be fun. But, um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming over here. It's, uh, it was like the best part of my day. Aww, <laughs> yeah. It's been the best part of my day too. It it's so, so good to sit with you in person. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's our talk on spirituality. And, and other COVID. things. It's just Lots life. Of other, it's just well, exactly, it's all think, spiritual, though. Yeah, I think that's kind it's of sacred. how we can synthesize mm-hmm. the, the, the the podcast. <laughs> Spirituality is life. Whatever's happening is the teacher, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Claro. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Thank you, Renita. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoy this, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>